Podcast Studios. This, this is the award-winning After 9 with Scott and Kat. Happy belated Mom's Day. Oh, thank you very much. Thank you very much. Did you have a nice Mother's Day, Kat? I did. I mean, I wish the weather was better. If I'm going to be picky, if I'm going to be picky about it, you know, I wish the weather would have been would have been a little better. But it was it was nice. Thank you. Yes, I got to sleep in. Uh, I got breakfast made for me and gifts. And then I got to see my mom, which I loved. And we had a glass of wine together. And it was very, very lovely. Thank you. Good. That's great. I spent uh, Mother's Day with the girlfriend's parents because uh, my mom decided, well, it's a stay-at-home order. We shouldn't gather. So I'll just pick up an extra shift at work so somebody else can gather with their family. I thought, what about our family? (laughs) That's nice. What about ours? Well, that's, I mean, that's really nice of your mom, though. That's really sweet. Yeah, she's thoughtful like that. So uh, happy belated Mother's Day to all the moms, grandmothers, stepmoms, moms-to-be, fur moms, and anyone else who works in a maternal capacity. Yeah. <laughs> um, there's so much to get to here today. We're going to start off with this because I actually don't know how you feel about this. I, I understand that you've evolved a number of times throughout the pandemic here. Today, Doug fucking Ford and the provincial cabinet. That's his official middle name, by the way. Doug fucking Ford. <laughs> You know, honest to God, Kat, it's remarkable how quickly he managed to change tens of thousands of people's opinions of him. You know, you can think what you want about how he handled wave one and wave two. And we all know that there was challenges in in the long term care homes. And we're going to read more about that as the weeks and months go by. Mm -hmm. We all know that there was issues there, but we got through wave one and wave two. And now we're in wave three and they're talking today about extending the stay at home order, which is in effect until next Thursday. May 20th. Is there anybody realistically who thinks they're not going to extend it? I don't think so. I think most people realize, especially when you look ahead at the calendar, you see that we have a long weekend coming up, May 2-4. Maybe people will attempt to venture out and, and gather a little bit, and that will probably make them extremely nervous. I mean, initially, if you would have asked me a week, even a week ago, I would have said, you know what, they're probably going to make it the... The 25th, right? So the Tuesday following the long weekend, that'll be reopening day, but it's not going to be the 20th. But now I'm thinking they're even going to push it on, on, out another week, Scott. So what are you thinking? You're thinking after May 2-4? Yeah, yeah I'm thinking around? like June 1st-ish, like somewhere around the 31st of, of May. That would be a Monday, so maybe they do it on a Monday. I don't think they seem to care what day of the week it falls on. So I could see like a June 1st being an aim. I just hope my hope is it's the same hope we have every time we have these kind of discussions is give us some kind of an end date. So don't just say, you know, you could say it's been extended until June 1st, but give us an indication that that's the day you want to reopen at least. Don't make it like, yeah, we'll meet again in a week and see if we have to push it back. No, say this is the date I think we can manage if we can all do this right, particularly do the long weekend right, because we know it makes a difference. Those long weekends, that Easter weekend, we got real fucked after that. Our numbers were insane. But vaccines are going in arms now, so it's a little bit different. If we can manage to get through it, I'm good with that. If they give us a June or a June 1st-ish date, that's what I'm kind of hoping for. The damage is already done, though. I mean, I was out a few times this weekend, and I did cross regional borders. Doug, come get me. I did it. I was in Toronto and I was in Hamilton this weekend. I was in Waterloo this weekend. I was all over the place. Now, I didn't break any rules, but I realize you guys like to look at that mobility data, even though you don't understand what the fuck you're looking at. 
you are completely lost on this, guys. You got to stop with the mobility data. Stop paying attention to it. But there was a lot of people out everywhere I went. Traffic everywhere. People did not stay home this weekend. So I don't know what people are looking at May 2 4 4 thinking, oh shit, they better keep the stay at home order in effect for May 2 4 because I know that that's what Doug and his cronies are doing. Oh, May 2 4. I don't think we should lift the stay at home order. I mean, you might as well lift the stay at home order right now because nobody is paying attention to it. Mm -hmm. People are not, especially people that are vaccinated. (laughs) everywhere i go doesn't matter which thread on twitter or facebook i read everybody is i got my shot i'm good i'm getting together with my family we're all vaccinated right Right. stuff like that okay i mean at what point does the government just look at themselves across the table there today in in this fucking cabinet meeting that they're gonna have and say we've lost When it comes to regulating people into following the rules, the best thing we can do is just give them the guidelines and give them some freedom and ask them to do the right thing. Mm -hmm. Like forcing people just makes them want to rebel more. Am am I crazy? No, I don't think that you're. you're, uh, No, I don't. I don't think so. I I agree with you. I hear what you're saying. Yeah. It's just a a hot mess that they're going to sit there and listen to it. Now, from what I hear. From a fairly reliable source, there's a decent amount of infighting going on right now. There's a lot of members of provincial parliament who are having conversations with the premier's office asking things like, why can't people golf? There's nothing dangerous about it. Open the golf because we're getting shit on like crazy in our local ridings over this stuff. You guys got to do something. And it's such an easy compromise. Right. All you have to do is say, we're leaving the, or sorry, we're not having a stay at home order. We are going to ask you to stay home as much as possible. However, outdoor activities are safe. Go ahead, do what you need to do outdoors. But anytime you're not doing one of those outdoor activities, we're going to ask you to stay home. And if you can't physically distance outside, we're going to ask you to wear a mask. Why would that be? Such radical thinking. Why couldn't the government just get behind that? Is it all because of Dr. Yaffe and Dr. Williams? I think they're just walking on eggshells. We know that they've made mistakes in the past, and I don't know who who sees that as being a big mistake, but they don't want to make the wrong moves. And it's almost like they're afraid to pull any kind of triggers, even if we know outdoors is more safe. Even if we know the golf courses, there there was no spread last summer. You know, when we didn't have vaccines, there was nothing that came from golf courses, from what I know. So even with all of that known, they're still walking on eggshells over this whole thing. That's what I think. And I I think at this point, if they assume that June 1st, let's say that when they get together, they all agree, let's just make the new reopening day June 1st. I'm just going to throw that date out there as an example. June 1st is a Tuesday, by the way. It is three weeks from tomorrow. So let's just make up that that's what they're looking at. So let's say as an example, they're looking at that date. Why would they want to risk opening up anything over these three weeks? In order to make a, a, 
it's not even a large percentage of the population, right? That would that you would make really happy with it. And would that even be enough for them to be happy with you? And, and everyone would be okay. You're still going to have people who are pissed off because, well, the golf course is open. Then why can't this be open? Then why can't we have kids playing this? Then why can't we do this, right? So when you're opening a small portion of things and not everything, you're going to have people pissed off no matter what. So in well, my mind, it, it, as, as much as I don't like to say it, I think it's true. If I'm sitting in that position too, and I'm like, I'm taking this seriously this time, and I'm not going to have someone come back on me if they're giving me one last chance to make this work and say, you fuck this up too. So I'm going to be as stringent as possible. We're going to keep everything tight. Nope, you're not opening shit until June 1st or whatever date that is that they come up with. That's the way that I see it. I, I don't think we should cry too much about it. I know, I, and I've said it before. I mean, you've heard me say it on the podcast. Do I think that we should be opening golf courses? Yeah, I mean, I don't see the harm in it, but I also understand that point of view. I can sit back and look at from that point of view and say, they don't want to fuck up again. That's what it all. That's what it is. It's perception of them. They don't want to fuck up somehow, some way, or open one thing but not another because now they have to answer to this other group of people who think that that's bullshit, that they can't do this, but golf courses can be open as an example. So well, why not just make it the way it is, keep it the way it is, you're not no. pissing anyone or changing anything. You're not changing anything or pissing anyone off, really, as much as you would the other way around. Let's just keep things tight till June 1st, as an example. Yeah. You know what? I think that uh, they're just a giant bunch of assholes. They're not smart people. They were smart enough to get elected, but they're not smart people. You know, I feel like if you had a conversation with most of them, you would think to yourself, they're really fucking dumb. Like, I don't know if they can't understand science or if they're just so afraid of their own shadow. I mean, what we really need here and we've needed since the beginning is leadership. Doug, that's your job. Be a fucking leader. And being a leader, all you have to do is say we're following the science. Everything that you've tried to do has been debunked. You want to keep golf courses closed. We know they're safe. You want to close outdoors. We know they're safe. You don't want to let kids play sports. We know it's safe. Manufacturing, dangerous. Warehouses, dangerous. International travel, dangerous. All open. All open. Mm -hmm. And, you know, nobody understands it. Nobody can make any sense of it. You guys yourselves can't even explain it. So a couple of things here. Number one, because I really don't care who I piss off uh, in the provincial cabinet anymore. I, I don't give a flying fuck. Because honestly, I just need one of them to stand up and be a leader, a leader. And I'm not talking about fucking Randy Hillier and those people there. Like, that's a whole other bag of bad apples. Listen, if you're a cabinet minister with just an ounce of common sense, you know that what I just said is absolutely true. Why are you so shit scared of Doug fucking Ford that you won't stand up as an elected member of provincial parliament and admit it? Why will you not stand up and say, I'm part of the government, I'm going to go along with this, but I disagree. I disagree with the decision to keep kids' sports closed. I disagree with my premier that he is not allowing outdoor activities to resume. I disagree with extending the stay-at-home order under these circumstances. I disagree with warehouses and manufacturing being open the way it is now. I disagree. Why won't you at least tell us where you stand? Because it's really come in time. We're exactly a year away from an election that we need to know where you stand. Mm -hmm. And I don't just mean cabinet ministers. I mean every member of provincial parliament. They're all hiding behind Doug Ford. Oh, let Premier Doug do it. Doug will make the shitty announcements. 
We'll just be good little soldiers and fall in line and like the little cowards you are. Why don't you take a principled stance? Why don't you try and demonstrate some of your intellect that got you elected and say what's happening now is wrong? This party politics shit isn't working and the public isn't listening anymore and doubling down on this shit about the border. We all understand the border is a problem. We get it. It's not your concern, guys. You can't control it. You won't control it. You won't even do what you can do to control it. So stop with these fucking attack ads and shit like that. You made your point. We get that the border's a problem. There's still people getting into the country that have variants. We know. You guys need to look like you're doing something other than just that. I mean, you can tell when an order comes down from the premier's office. All the fucking backbenchers. We want you guys focused on the border. Bombard your social media with this shit. Yeah, we all know what you're doing. It's blatantly obvious what you're doing, and it's fucking dumb. It comes off so tone deaf to the people who are out of a job, so tone deaf to the businesses that are closed. Stop worrying about what you can't control. Should you bring it up? Sure. Should you flag it? Yeah, absolutely. But you got to walk and chew gum at the same time and worry about a few other things. To claim that all of this is because of the border when you yourselves are letting dangerous shit continue? That's a problem. I just want somebody to be a leader. How hard is that, cat? Somebody stand up and say, I agree with Doug Ford. What we're doing is the right decision. Say it if you believe it and then live with the consequences or disagree and live with the consequences. Why are they so concerned with self-preservation for this election next year? Yeah, I can't. I, I can't explain it. I don't understand why. If you're an elected member of provincial parliament collecting that pretty decent six figure salary and pension every year. You have a responsibility to your constituents. I don't even know how my personal or how my member of provincial parliament, Parm Gill's his name. I don't know how he feels about this. But isn't that strategy? Hasn't said. Isn't that strategy all on its own? Doesn't that say enough when someone doesn't say anything? Don't you feel like that says enough? Well, I'm trying to read a little nuance out of this. Like if he doesn't say anything, is that because he disagrees with Ford? Or is he not saying anything because he does disagree? He just w- doesn't want to be a, yeah. a rogue or yeah. a bad apple. It could go either way, I guess. But that's why, I mean, you, you should make yourself clear if somebody asks you. I don't know how many people are asking everybody, though. Like, is, is everyone being asked? Are they taking the time to answer those questions? It's hard to get a straight answer from anyone who's in a leadership role, it seems, right now. What, no matter, well, unless you're on the, obviously, we all know if you're a member of the opposition, you're going to fucking hate everything they're doing anyway. That's kind of automatic. But if you're in the party, it's really hard to get straight answers, I find. Always. Always. And you know sometimes people will disagree, but they're not ballsy enough to say it. They're not, they're not going to possibly ruin their chances of getting uh, elected. I, I mean, I don't know what the answer is, but remember all that shit. We need better people running is, the, is my biggest issue. Like, oh, we just need you're better s- people running. And, and, you know, it's funny because um, I, I really do think That in the next election, if you don't get a straight answer out of your local member of provincial parliament, and I'm talking specifically to progressive conservatives right now, the people who voted for Doug in the past, you need to ask your member of provincial parliament if they support it or they disagree with it. Make them say. And if they won't say, you need to recruit somebody in your riding to run. And even if they're not running to win, even if they're just running to play spoiler, take away some votes so that they can't possibly win that riding, then you need to do it. 
If you're a progressive conservative and you know this is not a progressive conservative government in any way, shape or form, it doesn't resemble one in the slightest, not even a little bit, then you need to find a good individual in your area and have them put their name up. Maybe they will win. Maybe they won't win. Mm -hmm. But you at least have to make sure that this bad behavior doesn't get rewarded. I don't think we want elected leaders that just blindly follow whatever the leader says, like it's some sort of a fucking cult. Do we? We want individuals that think for themselves. Yeah. I they mean, can take a I principled vote. stance. I mean, that's how I vote. And I know a lot of people feel the same way. I don't vote by party. I vote by individuals. I need to know how they feel about certain issues. And I really will vote by individual, not by whatever color you're representing. I don't give a shit about that. So if, if the, it goes that way, then, yeah, you should have your own opinion and you should be able to step forward regardless of what party you're in and tell me your opinion, because that's what makes it for me. Contact your member of provincial parliament. They have to meet with you. They have an obligation to you as one of their constituents. Contact them. Ask them for their opinion. Ask them if they agree with what's being done or what their plan is. Ask them. You know, it's funny because you'll get a lot of talking points back. I feel like it's a fairly generic response that many will send out about all the different things they've done to keep Ontario safe Mm -hmm. and following the science. The following the science thing doesn't hold water anymore. We know they're not following the science. Not if the ultimate goal is to stop the spread of COVID-19. They're not. They're not following science. So if they don't agree with it, have them say it and don't accept Just regular talking points. Ask them. Ask them a follow-up like all those reporters do on the news conferences daily. And if you're not happy with your elected representative and you are someone who doesn't think that they should be rewarded, you've got a year to start thinking about putting your name forward or organizing behind somebody else to put their name forward. Because there are a lot of progressive conservatives that can't, with a good conscience, vote for their current progressive conservative member of provincial parliament. They just can't. So what do you do? Do you vote green? Do you spoil your ballot? No, there should be a viable alternative in every single riding. And you should think about that for the next year. I just got a DM. It is from a nurse who wants to remain anonymous. Mm -hmm. Hey, Scott, regarding your last post about the stay at home order. I work at a hospital and we were told the lockdown would continue for another month to help get hospitals caught up. What is going on with the hospitals? Because apparently we're not ferrying people around from hospital to hospital like we were a couple of weeks ago. Apparently, those field hospitals don't even have patients in them right now. Really? Do you know? Oh, gosh, I do not know. I, I was I was wondering the same thing a few weeks ago. I didn't have a, I didn't get a straight answer then. So I really I could not tell you. Are people asking the question? Maybe. I don't know. Didn't they in the first wave give us like a rough idea? I, I, I remember this coming up, but I don't remember who said it. They gave us an indication that like if we hit 500 in the ICU, we're fucked. There's been 800 for two weeks. It just dropped below 800. What? How, how is that even possible then that five was our max, but we're at eight and everything is functioning? I don't understand that. I'd like to know a little bit more about those numbers. Uh, also, the daily numbers are really swinging like crazy. So I'm not sure that the data is being updated daily. It seems like there's a lot of catch up happening because we'll all of a sudden see 191 new COVID patients in hospital. And then the next day. It's down by 100 and then down by 41 the following day. Like, are they just reporting numbers so that they're documented somewhere? Or are those the actual daily numbers? Because decisions get made on those daily numbers. They should be accurate numbers. We should be able to look at that tweet from the health minister every day and trust that that information is current 
and accurate. Do you think there I, – I, thank you for this DM, by the way. We always appreciate hearing from you. Do you think there's anything to that, that this could go another month of lockdown? Um, I mean, yeah. I, nothing's impossible for me. Yeah. I just don't think the public's going to buy in. I, I just – I can't see people – yesterday they didn't for Mother's Day. I sure as shit don't think they will pass me. Oh, yeah. Far. Like I don't – I'm not sure about how many people will outright rebel it, if that's what you're wondering. Too like, but I also think that there will be a lot of people that will continue to do things that they that they have been doing, right? That that it probably they have been doing the whole time, really seeing people that they shouldn't be seeing. I don't think that's really going to change much. Well, based on their two week philosophy, if people did gather and if those family gatherings are contributing to the spread, we will see it halfway through the May two four weekend. Two weeks from Mother's Day is the Sunday of May two four weekend, so we've got a little under two weeks, and we'll find out. Uh, the cases are still very high. We're like averaging around 3000 new cases a day with schools closed, with barbershops closed, with the personal services, without gatherings, stay at home all with all of that. There's still 3000 cases a day. Mm-hmm. It's unbelievable to me that we haven't actually followed the science yet. Uh, OK, let's switch gears to a couple other things. How the hell did somebody get a gun into the Vancouver airport for a gang style shooting yesterday? Yeah. Where exactly did it happen in the airport? I mean, you anybody can enter the airport without going through security. Um, yeah. Was it there? It's I, I can't tell if it's pre or post security. But one thing this, the airport is, is well guarded. I, I can't imagine somebody got e- even into the concourse. With a gun well, to shoot somebody. Yeah, I mean, that's messed up. I'm sure that they're, that's exactly what they're investigating. But there's a lot of ways that you can hide that. <laughs> like in a suitcase, for example. And then you whip it out when you're in there. I mean, there's lots of ways that you could probably do it. But it's so messed up. It's so messed up. Dr. Kyle Lowry is down to his final four <laughs> games as a Raptor, I believe. <laughs> Two stories in that. Number one, the Raptors are basically done. They've got four games left this season. And even though they're not playing tonight, I, I believe it's if Cleveland beats Indiana or if Indiana beats Cleveland, the Raptors are eliminated. They won't even go to the postseason, the play in tournament this year. But Kyle Lowry, and this is likely going to be Lowry's final season as a Raptor. I think everybody understands that, right? I, I think so. I mean, I, all signs point to that being accurate. Yeah. They gave him a doctorate mm-hmm. from Acadia University in Nova Scotia. Huh. Dr. Kyle Lowry. Dr. Kyle Lowry. Yeah, he gave the acceptance speech, obviously virtually. But if you want to see it, you can go to uh, scottandcat.ca. It's on there. Elon Musk on SNL this weekend. He was good. I liked him. I liked it. By the way, and for those wondering, uh, maybe you haven't been paying attention to it, but you heard he was on it. I thought he did well as well. He at the the result is SNL and NBC must be quite happy because even though there was controversy, ratings were up. 33% 33% higher than their average for this season. And they've been doing well, by the way, this season compared to the last four. This is the best season they've had in like five years on SNL. Because it's not political. Yeah, because they're changing it. They're changing it. Yeah, you're absolutely right. They've, they've changed, especially partway through uh, this season. But he, he did really well in terms of ratings. I don't know what it did for his Dogecoin. I know a couple of people that have Dogecoin, and they're just like all the, all day like, I have Dogecoin, and look at it go. But then it <laughs> he lost a, a third. I shouldn't say he. Uh, people who, who own any of Do- Dogecoin stock, uh, it went down a third of it in its value um, after he admitted that it was a hustle on SNL. He was having fun with it, though. I thought he had a good sense of humor about it, and I'm sure that's not the end of the story there. It goes up, it goes down sometimes, and that's that's how she goes. 
Uh, but yeah, all in all, I thought he did a really great job. Um, if I can, if I can play a little something from it, if you don't mind. Um, yeah, let's hear it. Because in the beginning of his monologue, near the beginning, Elon made a major personal announcement, and I think this was really big for anyone who is or knows anyone on the spectrum, and that is that he has Asperger's syndrome. I'm actually making history tonight as the first person with Asperger's to host SNL. Hmm. Or at least the first to admit it. (laughs) So I won't make a lot of eye contact with the cast tonight. (laughs) But don't worry, I'm pretty good at running human in emulation mode. He's he's such a, he's such I don't know he just seems pretty down to earth considering you know how much money he has and he he's odd but in all the good ways you know what I mean like I appreciate yeah. someone like that going out and being very real and I knew it was very very inspiring for people to to hear that too so that made me that made me smile I thought he did a great job I admit I probably should know more about this topic than I do Asperger's is a form of autism spectrum disorder but it's high functioning. Cool. Is that the right uh, way to summarize Asperger's? Yeah, absolutely. And and f- for my knowledge of it, it's um a, a lot of the um the, the ways you will know you have it and, and are social, and that's why he kind of made jokes about how he won't make eye contact with people, but but known to be quite brilliant as, as an Elon Musk would be. <laughs> absolutely, he is basically taking the world to space. He has figured out how to do much more cost effectively what NASA had decades to do and couldn't do. He's reusing rockets. He's doing passenger flights into space like he has really used his status as a visionary to recreate the game. Mm. And I don't know what he's going to come up with next because of him. He deserves a Nobel Prize. Even for no other reason but environmentalism. I mean, the Tesla was game changing. That Tesla truck is going to be game changing. He's the one who's leading the world on a renewable energy surge. And And if it goes to shit, he's going to figure out how to get us off this planet. By the way, it is not just in cars that he's doing this. He is doing this in factories. Uh, there's actually install happening right now in Kitchener-Waterloo where we are in a couple of factories for these Tesla batteries. You've heard of this this as well? Yes. Oh my absolutely. gosh. I mean it's incredible. So these factories are going to be able to run on these Tesla powered batteries to yes help the environment, also help their cost down the line, but they're not cheap to own. Uh, but to operate, apparently, it is quite easy to do once the install is done. Th- and it's just the beginning. I mean, these are going to be in factories everywhere, too. This guy's going nowhere but up. But could you imagine even just the the like the thought of, hey, you know what? Space industry. Hmm, I'm going to disrupt that. Uh, why don't I disrupt the space industry? Who would have ever fucking thought that it wouldn't just be NASA one day? It could be SpaceX, too. Like, that thought wouldn't even be in some people's minds. But he just said... I'm going to do it. And he's done it. And he's doing it. Like, it's incredible to me. I, like, he fascinates me, Elon Musk. He really does. I wonder what it's like to just sit around, have a glass of wine or smoke a joint and talk to Elon Musk. I'll bet you there's some shit in that guy's head that mm-hmm. he hasn't told anybody about yet, but that again will change the world. Yeah, man, I'd love to get him on the podcast. I know he does a lot of podcasts, not not really ones that we do, more about space. But he's been on a couple podcasts doing that, smoking dope and and just shooting shit. And it is quite interesting from from the things that I've heard. And I do plan to listen to more of it um, because I do find, like I said, I do find him quite fascinating. 
Well, one more thing I'll say about this before we move on is you hear people like Justin Trudeau come out and we're going to change our emissions targets. We're going to do this. We're going to do that and this and that. And we never actually do anything to try and reverse the course that we're on when it comes to climate change. Elon Musk is at least smart and practical. He's the guy who's being the voice of reason right now. Joe Biden wants to go hard on it in America. He wants to try and get the climate crisis under control. Good. I admire it, Joe. But how? Elon's the guy coming out right now saying, listen, we can't just get off gas. We need fossil fuels for a little while longer. But while we're using those and burning those and fucking up the environment, use that, harness our collective power, and let's put it into renewables. Let's start building battery-powered shit. It's so smart the way he thinks, and it really is the ultimate compromise. You've got half the country that says, fuck it, whatever, we can't get rid of gas. And you've got the other half that says we got to get off of it now. Okay, let's use it for a little while longer. Let's set an end date. Let's start building factories that will make cars that run on renewable energy. And let's actually get it done. Stop talking about it. Let's start doing it. You know what I mean? I hear you. And if they could, while they're working on energy, they should also talk about our personal energy. I read a really funny thing this morning. It was about all the different ways that people try and give themselves a boost. They say we usually hit a wall anytime between 1149 a.m. and 349 p.m. Makes sense, right? Mm -hmm. You wake up in the morning. Maybe you got a little pep in your step and then you slowly go downhill until about lunchtime. Then you get your energy back up and then you slowly go down till it's time to head home. So they ask people, what do you do when you need that little boost? How do you get it? And the number one answer was grab a coffee. That's the go-to for most people, I would think, right? Down a little Java and you're you're feeling good. Give me that caffeine. Can I tell you, I feel like coffee doesn't even work on me anymore. Can you develop an immunity to caffeine? Because I can drink an espresso two minutes before bed and not feel a thing. What? Sleep great. Oh, my gosh. And see, I'm the opposite. I have to do two coffees a day, and you can t- you'll can you be able to tell a difference. And tomorrow when we have our big broadcast, we'll talk about it later on in the podcast. Tomorrow when we have our big, long broadcast, you'll notice a difference in me. The second I do three cups, I am just on a whole other level. Whole other level. Like, my heart pounds. Like, it's bad. So I actually have to keep it two, three max a day because I, an espresso, I'd be up all night. I would be up all night. Ever since I got the espresso machine from my place, though, I I make a lot more coffee at home mm-hmm. using that because I love the flavor. If you find the right beans and they're roasted the way you like them, savor it. Enjoy mm. it. But I do drink a lot more Americanos and a lot more espresso lately. And yeah, I'll have one at like 730 at night and I go to bed at 10 to 9 and I sleep like a baby. So I don't know if it's having the same effect on me. It doesn't seem to, but it's habitual. I'm just used to having... A coffee at 7 a.m. Oh, around 9. I'm used to having another one. Anytime I get in the car, oh, I better grab a coffee. It's just like a habit now. I don't even right. know if it's good for me at this point. Uh, going out for a walk, drinking water, reaching for a piece of chocolate, listening to music, or opening a window to get some fresh air. Those are all ways that people say they get a little energy boost when they're feeling down. Then it gets into some more obscure ones. 14 on the list. Is jumping up and down. Jumping up and down. I'm just Can you imagine? To, just at the office, you're feeling it like, oh, fuck me, I'm Jump, dragging. So just start jumping up and down? Like, do you have to do jumping jacks or just jump up and down? I feel like an asshole. No, like just jump up and down, up okay. and down, up and down. Get those titties moving. <laughs> Give them a stretch. All right. 
16 is start singing out loud. All right. There is something to that. I mean, I don't sing out loud when there's anybody around, but every now and again, I'll belt something out. And you do feel a bit of a rush when you do that. For whatever reason, it, it trips up something in your body that makes you feel good and a little more energized. 17th on the list. People will slap themselves in the face. <laughs> yes. Abuse yourself. Abuse and yourself you to stay awake. Okay, can I just say, I don't think that really works for me. Really? Yeah, like it, would, like it hurts. <laughs> yes, it does. I guess. So that way I might be like, ow, that might work for a second. But I have been in those moments of driving home late from a club gig, for example. Yep. And I'm just feeling tired. Like I'm, I'm tired. I need to stay awake. So playing loud music. I have slapped myself in the face. It just... I, I, that doesn't work for me. See, for me, the slap yourself in the face is a last resort. But I admit it. I've done it. When I'm driving, just like you, especially coming back from a gig or when I was doing those road trips to the States with my son when he had tournaments down there. You know, it's like 7 o'clock at night and I got to get home from Washington to Toronto. Fuck. So I would do it every now and again, driving through the mountains in Pennsylvania. Wake up, fucker. <laughs> that little slap out there. But you know what? Sometimes it works and I'm like, oh, fuck. You jolt yourself back into alertness and sometimes you just get mad. Like if somebody else slapped you. Fuck you, hand. That hurt. (laughs) Ow. Fuck. That sucks. Don't do that again, you bitch. (laughs) Great way to put it. Great way to put it. So many people messaged me over the weekend about that fucking pie that I got. Yeah, you did it. I did. And you know what? I ate a pie from the inside out. I started in the middle. I didn't bother cutting it up into triangles. I just grabbed a fork and dug in. But here's the problem. I forgot how good those pies were, the ones that La Casa Dolce makes. So it actually didn't work out to be practical at all because the pie was so fucking thick that it was taller than the fork. I had to like take a bite and then go down to get another bite with crust because it was so thick, this pie. It only works really... If you've got a reasonable size pie, not a monster pie, it only works the other way. How much of it did you eat, though? You never really said. It was so thick. I think I ate like four bites and then it just looked like a mess. So I left it in the fridge. (laughs) (laughs) I did cut out a slice and I took a picture of it just in case I had to justify it. But I, uh, I made a real mess of it. I'll be snacking on that all week. But you only get one coconut cream pie day a year and I'm going to enjoy it. Damn it. I'm enjoying it. Another Zoom fail cat teacher doing distance learning. Mm-hmm. This one is a teacher in New York. Her name is Amanda and she teaches Spanish. Under investigation now. Because she was doing a remote class when apparently students witnessed her. And I quote. Suckling on the nipple of a man <laughs> during class. During class? Yeah. Not so what I'm trying to figure out is, did she call him over and be like, oh, nom, 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 nom. or did he just come over and stick his titty in her face? How did this go down? What? I'm so, what is what is wrong with these people? Why do we have to continue to hear these stories? First of all, was she trying to teach like how you say nipple in Spanish or was it there at least a tie in here? Nope. I think she thought the camera was off and that was a great time to grab her lover and suckle suck on, on his titty. nipple. What is that? What What are the odds you found the one person that wants to suckle on a guy's titty? Like, no, thanks. Uh-huh. Doesn't sound like a fun time. No. Nope. 
listen. There's a lot of things you can suckle on. Nipple might be on the bottom of my list. There, thank God it was just the nipple. Can you imagine if there was like dick well, or something? That's in what that? I mean. That that, that could have easily happened. It is a weird thing, right? Like, did he just walk up and stick his his man nipple yeah. in her face, or was she like, "Oh, bring that that hairy nipple over here"? I don't know how that happens. Blah, 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 blah. I really don't. I don't. I don't understand the logistics of the whole situation. I don't understand. Last but certainly not least, do you budget? Or do you just spend money when oh. money needs to be spent? Okay, so generally speaking, I have a rough budget in my head, yes, of everything I spend money on. So groceries, I know I'm going to spend this much on the kids, or if I have to, whatever it might be. Um, aside from groceries, I don't buy a ton. But if there's leftover fun money, yeah, I make sure that I stay within reason. But I know it all in my head. I don't necessarily have it written down. But I'd say, yeah, I'm, I'm the type to stay in budget. Basically, an impulse buy is something you just see it and buy it. It's not like it requires a lot of planning or research. Just, I want it, I'm getting it, and it's not in the budget. 51% say their impulse spending has gone up substantially since lockdown began. Number one thing is food and grocery type items. I mean, we all need groceries. It's probably in your budget, but that's when you do like the whole, ah, you know what? I'm going to buy like 10 pounds of chicken wings and have myself a feast this weekend or I'm going to buy papaya or something that you don't normally buy. It's an impulse buy. Things for around the house is number two, clothes, coffee, toys, delivery or takeout when you don't feel like cooking, Mm -hmm. books, cars, (laughs) gadgets and tech stuff all in there. Well, see, this is the thing. We asked people about that this morning on our FM radio show. I couldn't believe the amount of shit that people were impulse buying. Oh, my gosh. So we got text messages about cars. That was one of the big ones. Yeah, motorhome. We just decided, you know what, buy a motorhome. Some, a lot of people putting in pools. And don't get me wrong, I get that. Especially when you think about the vacation money. Let's say you were going to take your family on a vacation in 2020. You were going to take your whole family on vacation in 2021. Add that up. You got a fucking pool. So you might as well put a pool in, right? And you can. Where were you going on that vacation? A really good one. Well, hey, it's not cheap if you've got a family of like five, let's say, and you want to go to Disney World and you want to go all out. You might as well put in a fucking pool and then you're going to use it all the time. So why not? So there's a lot of people doing that. I find I'm lame. Basically, when I look at the stuff that I splurge on, like I thought I splurged this weekend. I went online. I filled up a shopping cart at well at well.ca. And I thought, yeah, I'm going to spend a hundred dollars on just some fun stuff, right? Just some like makeup. It's a fun stuff for me. And I thought that was a splurge at a hundred dollars. I got a I got a DM from Tyler. What's up, Tyler? Uh, he says, I heard you two talking about impulse buys on the radio. You know what mine was? A month ago, I saw a little white Pomeranian puppy online. Four days and $4,000 later, <gasps> I became a dog dad. Wow. It was impulse to buy a puppy. Like, I, 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 again, I'm just, I'm lame when it comes to that stuff, clearly. I, I mean, there's things I want to do, but I'm one of those people that just, I, I don't know. I just stay on budget. Even though I do think there's justification right now in that, because you do have people who are lucky enough to have been working this whole time. They're not spending their money on all these other things. So why not just buy something you really want? And a lot of people have this mentality right now, and I'm right there with you, that fuck it, mentality. Like, honestly, Mm -hmm. what is going on in the world? 
we feel really out of control. We don't feel in control of our lives at all. What can we control? So fuck it. I'll buy that truck I want to buy. Let's get that motor home. Let's put in that pool. Like, fuck this. I feel like I have no control, but at least I can control this. So I feel like there's a little bit of everything involved in why we're doing it, but I feel like there is justification to it. I get it. Whatever gets you through, right? I mean, there's no shortage of stories coming out about how many people are suffering, uh, particularly when it comes to mental health. If that makes you feel like you're a little more in control going out and making that big purchase, sure, fuck it. Go ahead. Why not? You might as well. If you can afford it, sure. I have no problem with it. Listen, it is almost time. They have to free the North. Please free the North. It is time to start making things make sense. And on that, we will say thank you for listening to After 9, everybody. Uh, tomorrow, I think, is going to be a quick one because we got to do it in the midst of our 12-hour broadcast, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And for those who do listen to the podcast, maybe you don't get a chance to listen to our morning show for whatever reason. Maybe you're not even a morning person. You can listen to us all day, 6 a.m. to 6 p.m. at 91.5 The Beat. You can listen online through the Radio Player Canada app. Lots of different ways to check us out. But we are going to be on from 6 a.m. to 6 p.m. And we will squeeze in a podcast at some point. In the midst of that, if it's a little bit late tomorrow, you know, we apologize, but we are honoring our healthcare heroes. And that's what we that's what we plan to do with tomorrow's show. And I don't know what's going on with Apple Podcasts, but people are messaging like, hey, how come the podcast doesn't come out until late in the afternoon now? That's Apple. I mean, they're scraping the RSS feeds. I got a technical explanation from IT about it. They're scraping the RSS feeds later in the day now. There's an early scrape, and then there's a late scrape, and I don't understand why they can't just post them when they come in, but I don't. And get Elon Musk on it. If you want a problem solved, get Elon Musk to take care of it. He'll fucking Can fix he it. Can he run for fucking premier while he's at it? <laughs> Elon Musk for premier. <laughs> That's a great idea. Have yourselves an awesome Monday, everybody. We'll catch you right back here tomorrow. Rome just unveiled a new vending machine that makes hot pizza in three minutes. Oh. And if you buy a vending machine pizza in Rome, it also comes with a t-shirt that says, Rob me, I'm not from here. <laughs> a New Jersey woman has filed a lawsuit against McDonald's claiming that a burger wrapper she was given was smeared with excrement. In fairness, she ordered the number two. <laughs> it was announced that Verizon will sell AOL and Yahoo, I assume, to the year 1998. <laughs> A new report also shows that CVS is responsible for half of all unused vaccine shots in the nation. CVS is also responsible for half of the nation's room temperature white claw. Peloton finally recalling 126,000 of these treadmills. Apparently they're dangerous to small children who can get sucked into them. And also to parents because they create the illusion you can run away. And we don't want that. Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance <laughs> recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.